Hi, and welcome to Beer with Jesus with Denise and Rob. And we are coming to you from New Orleans. So we are drinking New Orleans beer. Tonight I have a NOLA Brewing Company. It's called Tangerine Squeeze. And I'm having a beer. I don't know if it's from New Orleans or not. It's from, that's actually from Texas. But we're not far from Texas. It's uh, from Spindle Tap Brewer. Brewery? That's how you say it. It's called Heavy Hands Double IPA. It's really cool. It's got the Mike Tyson punch-out stuff on the can. It, that's why I bought it, because it had Mike Tyson's punch-out on it. I ain't, why lie it? That's why I bought it. <laughs> and, it, it and, I, and honestly, it's really good. And... Uh, to all our Ohio listeners, we're sorry that you guys got snow today and we're in 80-some degrees and we've been in shorts all day. We're praying for you. But just to tell you a little about our day today, we got up and we actually went to Jesse Duplantis' church. Covenant Church. Covenant Church that he started debt-free, that he always says. He, he, he got it debt-free and, and it was a really good service uh, and he actually he doesn't normally preach there because he he goes all around usually it's Kathy who is the senior pastor does all the sermons there but just so happened that Jesse was preaching today and it was I was like the last minute change and it was a last minute change and you know we listen to the Bible while we sleep and I woke up at like three o'clock morning because we got in and I fell asleep like 8.30 and he I think it was Acts 12 he was preaching out of and when I woke up at 3 o'clock Acts 12 was playing on the on the Bible app or YouTube or whatever we use I thought that was pretty wild uh, you know when Peter was in in jail and chains come off and all that stuff it was pretty wild so I thought that was kind of cool that both those things and that's what he taught today on that and then we also uh drove down through the wild traffic of new orleans and and got downtown and we went to the world war ii museum which it was pretty cool i would have liked to spend more time and actually had time to be able to look at stuff but it was so so crowded and so we didn't spend a whole lot of time there and so we decided to uh, come on back and took a walk in the neighborhood that we're staying in, in that we're staying at, and we went to, found a nice little restaurant called Santa Fe, and a little corner store that had these beers in it that we purchased. So that was our day, and we've been people watching for the last two hours, enjoying the warm weather. So to move on from that, tonight we're. Uh, talking about what well the prodigal son and we're going to be starting out in luke 15 uh starting with verse 11 to 32 and bear with me the lighting's it's pretty bad in this room so do you want me to read i can read so here we go Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. 
the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field when he came near the house he heard music and dancing so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on your brother has come he replied and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound the older brother became angry and refused to go in so his father went out and pleaded with him but he answered his father look all these years i've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders yet you've never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Mm-hmm. Go, go on, Nisi. Well, after we were digging in that and reading that, it's kind of got deep. So I, I went to Proverbs and immediately found Proverbs 13, verse 18. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever needs correction is honored. And that's exactly what happened to the son. I mean, he had no discipline and... He found poverty. He found shame. That's why he came back to his father and said he's not worthy. He he um, sinned against him. He sinned against heaven. <clears throat> the the one that got me, I guess, is the the brother that out of jealousy, anger, and I I can understand his frustration. He's always done everything right, made dad proud, kept the family name pure, and. He felt like his dad didn't value that because you know, he, he didn't do a celebration for me. Here I do all these great things, but if you do things because you just want to do what's right, that's one thing. But if you do things because you want to be recognized for what doing what is right, then I believe it becomes the wrong thing to do. 
if, I don't know if that even makes sense, but you do something for someone, do it because you want to, not because you want the honor for it. And that's what he was wanting. Well, let me look at my notes uh, from this. I just, you know, from my experience and for a lot of people's experience, you know, we can grow up loving our father and get, but still get lost in the world, you know. You know, you turn to care about other things like what people think, money, sex, etc., etc., etc. But God always welcomes us back with open arms, no matter what we've done. And all he asks for you is to repent and turn to him. That's it. And... And I wanted to kind of follow that up with this, with uh, John 21, because if you remember, Peter denied Jesus three times before the crow crowed, or whatever you want to... The rooster. Yeah, crooster. That's right, rooster, sorry before the rooster crowed or whatever you want to call it and and you, you come here to John 21 starting with verse 15 when they had finished eating Jesus said to Simon Peter Simon son of John do you love me more than these yes Lord he says you know that I love you Jesus said feed my lambs again Jesus said Simon son of John do you love me he answered Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The th third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. And I think he asked him the three times because Peter denied him three times. That's just my opinion. Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted but when you are old you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go and I I'm all end it right there because what I, I got from that is relating to Luke 15 is Jesus didn't cast Peter off he gave him another chance you know and told him, hey, look, I'm welcoming you back. Feed my lambs, you know. Go out, spread the word. And and I feel as a, a church body, I, I and as a Christian, we shouldn't put down or deny someone who's made mistakes or just plain didn't live for Christ at all, you know. It reminds me of a... I was actually his mailman when I heard the story at our church about a guy they had issues with that our church credit got, I guess, condemned for welcoming into our church. You know, a guy made mistakes. Um, from what I understand, when I was his mailman, it was because the neighbors were upset. It was over voyeurism or something of that nature. But regardless, you know, he wanted to be part of the church. You know, you, 
you can forgive people for that, you know. Welcome them back. Show them love. And mentor them. Yeah. I mean, dis- you just don't leave them free to do what they want. And disciple to- them, you know. Like when we went to the, we were just talking earlier um, about how much love that church we went to. It reminded us of our home church, but it was like to an extreme level of how welcoming this <laughs> this church yeah. was. I mean, I, I swear I think we met 10 people before we even walked in the sanctuary every pastor that was in there they were coming up talking to us that wondering where we're from telling us you know thanking us for showing up to church and all that stuff and that was pretty cool and and kind of to tie all this in i found another verse let me it's in luke i had it written down luke 22 sorry guys luke 22 and it's 32. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. So I think as a church body, we need to strengthen those who come back. I really feel like it's important. I mean, we all make mistakes. We all have our problems. You know, we we deal with certain things, but... If God can welcome us back, why can't we welcome somebody back with well open arms? And I think we get hung up on the forgiveness part. Even though the Bible calls us to forgive, sometimes when someone's hurt you so bad, so deep, that forgiveness is really hard to muster up. But we, we're called to do it. We have to do it anyway. You don't have to tolerate being treated badly so a lot of it is a parent child parents hurt their kids kids hurt their parents forgiveness is really hard when it's that type of relationship but you don't have to tolerate being hurt but you do have to forgive them I think it's just as hard to forgive yourself for things that you've done in your past and and you gotta learn to forgive yourself and forgive others it, and ask for forgiveness don't be afraid to ask for forgiveness sometimes it that's, takes a lot to that's hard it's really hard I actually I, in part of the story it reminded me of Jesus dying on the cross kind of like I mean he he became our sin he was separated from God. When he died, he he went to hell, but he rose again three days. And what's God do when he gets to heaven? There's a big celebration. He's my son's home. Uh, you know there was a party when he ascended into heaven. It was this, the same thing. Well, every time a soul saved, you know there's a party. But it's almost like earlier in Luke 15 when you have the parable of the lost sheep. You leave the 99 to go grab that one. One lost sheep. You know. But what I got also from that story was how I was talking about the church body. That's the other sons kind of like some of these churches that shun people and force yeah. them out because they're different. Or 
they have different ideals. They or, didn't do enough good deeds. Or, yeah. or you wore shorts to church, or you know you didn't put a tie on, or whatever some stupid thing. Some you didn't church. give enough to the building fund. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, there's a lot of churches that have that. You didn't put a head covering on your women or some, you know, all these weird, there's so many weird denominations out there. It's like, can't we just go by the word? That's everything that you need to know is in the word. You don't need to add all the religion into it. And that's what's most important is going by this word and following Jesus' commandments. And what does he say? Love. Love one another. Love your enemy, love your neighbor. Just love. A lot of Can't problems. we all just get along? <laughs> well, a lot of problems in this world would be solved if people were just more loving. And we're not. Yeah. We were also talking about out there how, like our church, it's mixed. I mean, it was a combination of two churches, you know, a black church and another church, and it, and it's all melted together and it's just so awesome how everyone just loves everybody and you don't have all that bigotry and all that stuff and we go to Jesse's church today Covenant Church and it's the same way it's everybody it's yeah. it's not predominantly white it's not predominantly black it's a mix of people and it was pretty equal and it was so much love in that place and uh, you know it was pretty it was awesome love coming from all areas it wasn't like all the white people came up and said hi it, it was everybody. Oh I was high-fiving some black lady today because we had a high-five. They had us yeah. high-five people. I was shaking it. I mean, I was shaking hands with all kinds of people. It was it was cool stuff. Well, they had us marching in the church. So. A, <laughs> I didn't do the march, but I was I was I was clapping pretty good. Oh, that's kind of like I always got to give my, my Pastor Jason a hug. You know, I got to do that when I go to church. So, Jason, when I get back to church next Sunday, you're getting a hug. I tell you what, brother, <laughs> you're my bro. But I think that's about it. We'll probably wind us down with uh, Niecy's. I got my ending prayer. Prayer. I know it's short and sweet this week. We've kind of had a long day. We had a long day yesterday. We are a little tired and probably a little ADD on this. But... I have shared some pictures on Facebook, like little Bible verses and things have come to me through pictures and things that I've seen just outside the area here. So I posted them on our podcast Facebook, find it interesting. So we'll do our ended prayer. God, show us the way to stay on your path. Give us the strength and endurance to stay on the course. Help us to boldly share the goodness of being saved when we encounter those unsaved. Thank you for always welcoming us home after we have strayed away. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we'll be recording from Ohio next week. Yes, so we'll back, be back to the cold. We'll be heading to Alabama on Wednesday to visit Denise's aunt and uncle. So Yeah. We'll have another topic ready to go next Sunday, so we'll talk to you soon. Yes. Have a good week. 
Hi, and welcome to Beer with Jesus with Denise and Rob. Tonight I am drinking from Wellbeing Brewery. It's an NA beer. It's called Heavenly Body. It's pretty good. I'm not sure what Rob's drinking. I have a beer I picked up at a store called Multitude in Columbus, Georgia. When we visited her aunt in uh, Alabama, which is on the other side of the border from that store. Um, it's called Duende. I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> from Creature Comfort. Or something like that. The double IPA. It's pretty darn good. So we, we got back from our little vacation yesterday. And some things I noticed down in New Orleans. I mean, we walked the French Quarter and and... Lots of gift shops selling voodoo dolls and satanic shirts. And and we were talking and I was like, these folks just don't know what they're buying and what kind of stuff they're bringing into their homes. And doors are opening up. And it, so it, it was eye-opening to say the least. I mean, I probably won't be going back to New Orleans. When we enjoyed the beignets there, and and we had good coffee too. We had really good coffee down <laughs> there, and then but we enjoyed some family time later in the week with her aunt and uncle. But as we were down there, we did a little studying for the podcast, and tonight we're going to be talking about the woman at the well, and we're going to be reading out of John four. Verses 7 through 38. So, a little bit of reading here. So, I'm going to get started. And it goes like this. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples have gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank it from, from it himself, as did also his sons and livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and I have to keep coming over here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What have you just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship 
what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and now has come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in the truth. For the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and the worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned, and he surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man and who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then the disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows, another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Have at it, Nisi. I need a sip. <laughs> well, I got to looking back and... Because, I mean, if she had five husbands, I'm thinking back in those days, divorce wasn't really a common thing. And for sure, five husbands have not passed away. But And looking in those times, women could not divorce a man, but a man could divorce a woman. He would give her a certificate of divorce and send her on her way if she did not have her family to go back home to, often she would find another husband. And the only thing I could find was most times that the men would give the certificate of birth, or I mean certificate of divorce, is if the woman could not give birth to a son or any children, they, they would send her on her way. So I... I Notice that when Jesus confronted her, she didn't seem to have any shame. Like, I mean, she was just, you know, running through men through the town. So it kind of made me think maybe she was barren. And that's why all the men kind of cast her to the side. And the other thing I was thinking is each marriage could represent different avenues that we've tried to satisfy the spiritual side of ourselves. Um, through, maybe through drugs, alcohol, sex, overworking, you know, having multiple jobs and just want to stay at work so you don't have to deal with life. And just different voids that we fill so that we don't have to find God. But once you do have God in your life, you realize that that void, it's, it's filled. And those things that you used to do, whether it be drugs, alcohol, sex, or work, they just, they don't do the same to fill that void anymore. I don't know. That's what I got out of all of it. Well, I started breaking down. I kind of broke down things on this. And I started out with 
is that Jesus always finds a way to break the ice with us. And with that woman, he simply asked for a drink. And, and, you know, Jesus doesn't care of your heritage. He doesn't care of your color. Anything. You know, all he wants to do is give you eternal life. He just wants you to accept him and and give give you eternal life. And along with that, you know, as you're, he was talking about constantly... You know, always being thirsty from that water she drinks. And that's, I kind of picked up that when we sin, like you get into a sin that you never seem to get satisfied with it. You always keep wanting more and more of it, but you never get satisfied with it. But with me, Jesus has filled a void and it, it almost felt like something was missing. It felt, it filled that void. And it, and it satisfies your soul. But to go along with the first part, as I, I'm breaking it down, I have it kind of broke down into different sections. To go along with verses 4 through 7, and to talk about the water that Jesus was talking about, I want to go to Revelations 22, 1 through 5. And to me, it was kind of eye-opening when I read this and I was reading about that. And I was at the same time reading Revelations and came across this. And it, it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and, the, and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations no longer will there be any curse the throne of god and the lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve there they will see his face and his name will be on the foreheads there will be no more night they will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun for the lord god will give them light and they will reign forever and ever and to me, this describes the water the Samaritan can drink from if she accepts Jesus, or any of us accept Jesus, if we accept him as our Lord and Savior to get that rip, be part of that river of life in heaven. And, and it, it was kind of blown away. And I'll keep on moving so we don't stretch this on to an hour. <laughs> I, and then I went down to verses 16 through 20 on this and when you know Jesus was talking about her her calling her husband and calls her out like yeah the guy you're not living with is you know you're not husband you've had all five husbands or and Jesus knows all our sins and he knows all the sins that we do in secret and I mean Niece had her ideas of why this lady had all this marriage, but you know, in the same token, I took it as God always sees what you're doing, you know, why you commit these sins or whatever. And when you commit, a, most of the time you commit your sins, you're doing it in secret, you know, like if you have a problem with pornography or 
you're a drug addict or whatnot, you're usually not doing it in the company of people. You're sneaking off or whatever. And and one thing that I've reminded myself of is there's always a, a set of eyes looking on you, no matter what. And I, I think when I'm by myself and when you're most vulnerable, when Satan wants to attack, just remember, God's always looking down on you. And and it's like, okay, it's it's easier for me to resist and put a stop to temptation. It's like, hey, God's watching me. Can't do that. Don't even think that stuff. It reminds me of the movie Waterboy, which is, is this what you want to be doing when Jesus comes back? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Bobby Boucher. I don't know why everything has reminded me of Waterboy <laughs> this past week. <laughs> well, we were in Louisiana, so. So, I'll, I'll move on to verses 21 to 24. And I thought that this that stuck this part stuck out to me because you know back then they seemed like they always had to go to the the temple or Jerusalem to do all their stuff for worship and with Jesus giving himself on the cross, we can now worship anytime any place you don't need to go to church to give our God praise. I mean, I'll sit here in the morning and, you know, not only do I do a devotion time, but when I wake up, I switch it from our YouTube that has the audio Bible on there when we sleep to, to switch it to worship music. And I have that cranked up while I'm getting ready for work and I'm, I'll sit there and sing and praise and, excuse me, and, and and do that i'll praise and worship we were singing in the truck we had we were listening to the the message on sirius xm and and i'll be singing next thing you know i'm hearing nisi over here singing so it doesn't matter where you have you want to worship and praise you can do it anywhere and wherever and i think that's just an awesome thing we don't have we're not limited to where and when we have to worship we can worship 24 7 worship in your sleep if you if you're able to so i thought that was pretty awesome and then i i went down to verses 31 through 38 and this is where jesus talks about the food and and i i i took it as spiritual nourishment and one thing I do at lunch, I do a devotion at lunch too, because man, I I just I can't get enough of the word. I, I mean, I love reading it during the day, and at lunch, and then watching TikToks on Christian TikToks and stuff. And so I I like keeping that nourishment. But when I'm at lunch, one thing I've I and this is before I even read this, what I would always do is I pull my devotion book and my Bible out and I always the first thing I pull out of my lunchbox and I lay it down and I go to my spiritual nourishment before and then I got my regular nourishment, my food nourishment. So for me what that means to me is you gotta take in the word, you gotta read it, you gotta constantly have it in there. 
You got to renew your mind. Get your software downloads. Give praise and worship. You need to pray. And show others the, the Jesus in you. I mean, I know, like we said earlier in podcast, people notice a change in me. If you just show people love and and I, I tell you, with as far as like cursing and stuff, since I've really devoted myself to this, my cursing is used to be at least one curse word in every sentence to every once in a while, and even then, I don't even feel like I'm cursing half the time. Like even when I was driving, and it made Nisi laugh the first time I I said it. Guy cut me off. I said, "Boy, you're testing the Jesus in me." I, I I said that instead of cussing. And there was some testing the Jesus in me, you know, driving to New Orleans and back for sure. And the thing I, when I was doing one of my devotions, I <clears throat> I noticed that people wanted to be around Jesus, no matter where he went. There was just a bunch of people that followed him and wanted to be near him, wanted to talk to him, wanted just to be in his presence. If everybody today were to act like Jesus, how many people would want to flock to be around the Jesus that's in you? I mean, it, it wouldn't be like... Nobody would avoid you. They'd want to be close to that. But, I don't know. It's just being kind. You know, we were talking to a guy down there that who rented the place next to us and he's and we were just talking she's like i like good people because we just talked and socialized you know and i said you know you just got to treat people as you want to be treated and he says amen brother and shook my hand you know we went our separate ways because we were actually getting ready to hit the road to go to alabama at that time which kind of goes to the next part of this is when he goes, you reap what you sow. And, you know, you got to plant seeds, spread the gospel. You know, that's a given. That's kind of, you know, it's what we should do. I mean, it's what we're, we want, we want to spread the gospel. But like I said, do unto others as you want done to you. Show people love, you're going to reciprocate love. And, you know, even when they're, butt munches or whatever, and they treat you like crap, just shake your head, and, you know, oh, well, I'm going to still treat that person good. And it it will eventually, you know, you get the respect of that other person. You know, and I also kind of wrote things down. It's like, be kind, show love, and be salt and light, you know. One of the things I pray in the morning is I, I always say, Jesus, let your light shine through me, you know, let me glorify your name. Let your light shine through me in the morning. And when I I pray that, there's a lot of times I just show a bunch of energy and and I'm kind to people. I try to say hello to many as many people as I can. People don't bug me as much. I mean, I there's some people at work that that are bugging me at the moment, but I don't hate them for that. It's just, uh, I don't like what they're doing. And, you you know, you, it's a friend of ours, and we've tried to witness to them, and 
it falls on deaf ears and it's kind of like one day I just he's struggling and I he asked me for a ride home and I and we listened to Christian music and on the way home I didn't say a whole lot and then before he uh got out of my jeep I opened up my center console and I gave him a bible I mean I said you're not Listen to my seeds I'm planting. I'm going to give you the whole garden right now. And, and and that's all I all you can really do sometimes. It's just give them that opportunity and let Jesus water them and see see the plants grow. Got anything else? Well, I think we pretty much covered it. Well, I, we got our ending prayer, and I have started to, I'm not sure if it, I think it does do it on Spotify, but I add questions to each of the podcasts so you can answer those if you can find them somewhere on the app that you're listening to. And we can all engage in like a little discussion board there. So kind of keep it going throughout the week. So we don't just do this on Sunday. We just have a daily thing. So. And we're on different formats now. We are on not only Spotify. Google Play, Apple, Amazon. So it should, I think the podcast if we upload tonight, they'll be available on Monday for your other formats. So... Gives you more options to listen if you don't like using Spotify or whatever. So we have other avenues to hear us ramble on and give you our, our opinions on things. So. We'd like to hear back from you to see what your ideas are. Because a lot of things can grow from one topic. So we'll do the end in prayer. As we pray together for those that fill the void in their lives with things that separate us from God, Father, I ask that you reveal yourself in a real way, making it hard for them to deny you. I ask that you replace the void in all of our lives with your loving way. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next week. Yep, see you later.